I felt so much out of alignment with myself and I just knew that this is like, I don't want to, this is not what I want to do. It led me to become very depressed because I wasn't happy. I wasn't fulfilled. That was a really dark time for me at university. Small situations and events that has probably led you to behave or think in a certain way. They've actually done a study and found that the people who are more self-compassionate are actually people that also procrastinate less. Hello and welcome to Real Life Pivotal Moment, the best place for you to listen, learn from people's stories and their pivotal moments towards their true self. Today's guest is Jessica, and she's a mindset and confidence coach helping young women break free from self-doubts and gain confidence and embrace their true self. I'm so excited for the audience today to get to know you as well. So welcome to the podcast, Jessica. Oh, thank you so much, dude. What a lovely introduction. Thank you. <laughs> Walk me through your story. What happened for you to become a coach you are today? I was finding it hard to be in school because I was bullied. What happened that after probably a year or so, um, I kept quiet. I didn't tell my parents anything. But one day I went home and my dad had a lot of different personal development books. I picked one up, I started reading it, and it was actually about confidence. I started learning to let some people go, and I strategically found ways to try and not be with the friends that I was with, because they weren't um, they weren't the best friends. Was the bullying the cause for you to really wanted to look into self-development? I mean, kudos to your dad to have self-development books in your home, <laughs> and kudos to you to just randomly pick them up. Was the bullying the the kind of kickoff for you to wanting to read those books and figuring things out or what made you want to dive into self-development? I mean obviously like I don't know what would happen if if I didn't um if I wasn't bullied but that was the the reason as to why I was so lonely and I, I didn't enjoy going to school I mean I was almost like crying every single day walking home from school it was about 10 five ten minutes to walk home and I was always, I would always suppress and hold my feelings inside during the whole day. And as soon as we finished, I could go home. I would just let my tears out. Um, but at that time, my parents were going through quite a lot of financial issues. So I didn't want to burden them. So I kept quiet and just went into my room and continued crying. It was probably the bullying. It's incredible that you start this journey at the age of 13, 14, 15. That's crazy. I was I was playing Yu-Gi-Oh cards when I was 12 or 13 or something. Yeah. So you just like taking books to really improve yourself is just mm. truly amazing. And I think many of us who start this journey and go into self-development books realize that there is a need and change of the environment necessary. It's very interesting because I see this pattern a lot. People start into self-development and the first thing they realize in their journey is something needs to change in my environment. It's normally the friends or the people they hang around with. What did you learn during that time and how did you realize for yourself that your tribe is not serving you anymore? I noticed that a lot of the friends that I was with were just talking about other people um, and then they would ask me like so what do you think about this person and even before reading the books I found myself saying well I don't know the person well enough so I can't I can't say anything and then I would just stay quiet so people would always find me as quiet because of, um, either they were talking about other people or they were talking about films or series or things on tv that I wasn't interested in 
it was often one or the other and neither of them I enjoyed talking about. <laughs> so I would just kind of sit there, be my own. Obviously I contribute when there were things to talk about, but because of the majority of time it was about those subjects, it, it, people saw me as quiet and shy and um, not very fun to be with. But when I started reading that book, I started to also realize that I have to like get away from these people. And I started going to the library instead and doing my homework during the day. So when I went home, I could spend time doing what I enjoyed doing. That's that little story in the beginning, which then probably led me on to loads of other pivotal moments. Um, I would say the next one was probably when I was going to go to university. Before going to university, I was struggling so much with trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. But so I took that year to just try different things, have um, working in a clothing store and just trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And then it was time for me to go to university. My parents wanted me to have a degree so I can have something to fall back on. But when I went to university, I didn't feel fulfilled or happy. Um, I felt so much out of alignment with myself. And I just knew that this is like, I don't want to, this is not what I want to do. It led me to have a lot of or increase my anxiety because I think I probably got anxiety from a young age and I've always had anxiety but it led me to become very depressed because I wasn't happy I wasn't fulfilled that was a really dark time for me at university it definitely got me into more personal development and really trying because I was desperate of trying to get out of it but I was very go 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 and I was very hard on myself um, and I didn't have a lot of any any kind of self-compassion at all. It, it sounds like you took this study because your parents wanted you to have a degree and yeah. so it sounds like you were pressured to just get a degree get to university because everyone else was doing it your parents wanted the child to get a degree and so you picked the best one which was it? Yes it was um, advertising and marketing so it has a little bit to do with Mm. I know like what I'm doing now anyway with social media <laughs> mm -hmm. but at the time you know I thought I had to then go and do a corporate job and and just do all these different roles that I just wasn't for me and um, so I think I saw this whole big picture and then going to university and studying that subject all I could see was my future doing something or having a job that I didn't want to have but I continued to, to go to university and I did my internship. And then after university, I was still lost and I didn't know what I wanted to do because I knew that I didn't want to work in a normal corporate job. Um, so I felt really lost for probably a whole year, I think it was. Then summer of 2020, a really traumatic event happened with my family and I thought that um, my whole family was going to break up. That was probably the biggest pivotal moment for me in my life so far. Being very hard on myself and always having been um, the helper has led me to be like the people pleaser and um, not being good at setting boundaries, having so many li limiting beliefs and really no confidence really. It led me to then also having a really hard time deciding what I want to do and taking action, taking charge. What's the difference between what you have done last year compared to the things you have done previously? What has changed that really transformed your life to the person you are today? So the biggest thing is definitely 
not suppressing my emotions. If you go back to when I was little, I would always like go into my room and not want to be a burden. So I would always hold my emotions inside. But now actually just accepting, acknowledging the feelings that are arising and my emotions and then being okay with them there, like being there. And so instead of like resisting them, I'm just accepting them. Um, and then they start to fade. They start to, they start to go and you start to let go of, of all these feelings that are coming up. And then also um, gratitude work was very big, like every single day, um, naming three things that I'm grateful for, but true, like actually truly being grateful for them, not just saying them, but actually trying to tune in and really be grateful for them. So if the sun was out, like feeling the sun on my skin and really being grateful for it or hearing like the birds sing. So all these little small things that we every day probably take for granted, just really being grateful for that. And you start to see in a completely different light. I heard the concept of gratitude for mm. so many times. And I always felt that it didn't work for me because mm. I was always writing it down and I was forced kind of to write down every day what I'm grateful for. And it just didn't feel like it. And what I realized is exactly what you said is gratitude, the practice of gratitude is really digging into this feeling, really visualizing what you're grateful for. And the feeling itself is what triggers your brain to think of the positive. So I love how you started to go deeper into how you practice gratitude, not just writing it down, but really feeling it and meaning it. I think it takes so much self-awareness. We get eaten up by our emotions so many times, right? Like when you, we have bad days where you wake up, you just don't feel like it, you just feel sad, you feel anxious, you overthink and you get consumed by your emotions. I love how you said that you have the ability now to recognize those emotions and then accepting them. I think the recognition part is the hardest part of all the practices. So I'd love to know how you have come to a person who has so much emotional intelligence right now to really recognize your emotion and start accepting it. Yeah, journaling, because there's different types of journaling. And one of them is just spring dumping. So literally just writing out your thoughts that you have, taking your thoughts that you have onto paper and using a pen and paper to, to write. And what happens over time, you start to realize a thought pattern coming up. You also start to kind of rationalize the thoughts in the moment that you are transferring them from your mind to the piece of paper. And if you then also sit down and, and, and look at the different thoughts, you can obviously start to, to rationalize and, as I said, see a thought pattern. Then I have some questions that I ask myself to make sure that I can start to understand why these emotions or triggers are coming up for me. I think that builds self-awareness so that when they are coming up in the future, you can catch yourself in the moment you just learn to sit with them but it is a lot of practice it's not just going to happen the first second or third time but with time and with practice um, you will start to it's like any kind of habit you know you, you just have to keep on going and you just have to keep on practicing all the time and it takes time to rewire the mind so I'm so curious what are those questions you're asking yourself so the first one is like what happened who was I with or where was I? What is the trigger about? What is this emotion trying to tell me? And what can I do to cope with it? Mm. And then together with 
with shadow work, so doing inner child work, trying to figure out where all of these different triggers might be stemming from. What is it exactly that brought you to therapy? Because I think there are so many moments in your life that you have could have taken therapy, but you chose that specific moment that you felt like, all right, I've done development books, I've done all those things, but now I'm ready. I really want to see a therapist. What was the reason why you started to see a therapist at exactly that time? And how has therapy helped you? So I have actually done quite a few different therapies. I started university in 2014. Um, and that whole year, I didn't go to therapy, uh, I, even though I was at my lowest point, point with depression, because I felt like I wasn't worthy. I felt like there were other people that had it worse than me. So I surely like I can't, I can't be allowed to go to therapy or like to go see a therapist. So I didn't do it. And then 2015, when I started to feel a little bit better, I decided to, you know what, I'm actually going to go and talk to a therapist because I'm still struggling with, with a lot of stress or overwhelm and anxiety from being at universities. Um, so I went to see a therapist and we did CB, CBT, so Cognitive Behavioural Therapy. But that was really insightful because we start to look at different exercises um, that we can do and then reasons as to why am I feeling these emotions um, and then be able to kind of stop myself in the moment that things are coming up and start to think, like just take a deep breath or writing down different triggers. But I've also done um, couples counselling with my boyfriend. And I think that's also really something that should be more normalised because everyone, every couples have their issues and things they're working through because we're two different people, right, coming together. That has been really helpful as well, understanding one another and learning about our different love languages. So any kind of therapy, for me, even really effective. And you know what I, what I love about the story, just to sum it up for everyone who's listening right now and what you have shared so far is, I see a Jessica who's going to school, obviously introverted, getting bullied because maybe you are quiet, you are not as extrovert, not as energetic, Maybe you are more, more the person who likes to be by himself. And then all of a sudden you get bullied and you find your peace in the books, suppress your feelings. I'm an extrovert. I'm an ENFP. But obviously the idea of suppressing one's feeling is so real. I think at that time, especially when you get bullied and you are embarrassed just to admitting that you are the one who's getting bullied because you end up admitting that you are not cool or you are different or whatever. And so you start to suppress your feelings. And I think this is the worst feeling someone can have. And in fact, nowadays, there's so many people suffering from bullying. And, and, you know, I always thought that I was the only one who suffered from bullying. But I hear this story so many times. And I love that you open it up to the people who are listening because I, it became normal, unfortunately. And I think exactly what you said by writing down your emotions and really talking or speaking it out, writing it out, it helps you. Um, to deal with those emotions. The pattern I'm seeing, and I, I call it people pleasing in a good way that I think a lot of people pleaser and I include myself as well, is we care so much about the people we love. We are a good hearted soul and we want to make sure that everyone is treated equally because that's eventually something that we have been missing in our lives, right? Yeah. Especially when you are being bullied or whatever. And so the idea that you are saying, I don't want to take therapy because I'm going to take a seat for someone who's, who might have worse than me, and I'm not worthy to be in a therapy. I'm just going to take whatever education I need to get a degree so my parents are happy. It's just causing such a misalignment in yourself that this idea of, hey, I'm feeling lost. 
I don't know who the hell I am. I don't know what I want in my life. And I just know this feeling is just eating me up. It's so real. And I relate for the story in so many ways, because I think also the expectations our society have after high school to have figured things out, you have just one shot. Just one study you have to choose that's going to be your major and you have to stick to this choice your entire life because your corporate life or whatever you're going to do in your life is going to be built upon your degree. And that's a ton of pressure, a ton of pressure. So I relate to that in so many ways. And I'm I'm so happy and also so proud of your story that you took the initiative to go to therapy and, and really work on yourself and now having the courage to share what you have learned with other people and your audience. It's just, it's just amazing. And I just wanted to, to reflect that on you, that, that I'm so grateful that you show up for yourself and um, take what you've learned and help other people. No, thank you. <laughs> the other thing that I wanted to dig deeper, if you mind sharing, is what you have shared about your parents. I think the pivotal moments I hear a lot is college obviously it's like hey, I don't know what I want to study it's not mine I get forced by my parents the second thing that I hear a lot is the relationship to our parents and which has a lot of influence how we show up today exactly what you mentioned with going back to your childhood and all this stuff right mm -hmm. so I'd love to know because you mentioned that was probably one of your biggest pivotal moment what happened in your family and if you mind sharing I'd love to hear and uh, for the audience as well on what happened there because it seems like that was the trigger for you to go to therapy and going a level deeper it was just a lot of disagreements it it, it just led us to um to actually not talk for i think probably six months like at all and i'm so used to talking to my parents and my brother and my sister like probably the longest would have probably been three days or something but what also happened was I am upset and they are upset it clashes so no one is taking action and no one is like communicating with one another they didn't reach out to me I didn't think that they wanted to talk to me so it was just no communication for for six months what's the breakup due to you basically opening yourself up to saying hey guys this is not what I want and uh, I just completely feel lost in my identity and I don't know what I want to do but I know that this is what I definitely don't want to do. And your parents were not supportive of that decision. Was that the trigger? Or was that more Jessica saying, hey, I've been people, I'm just exhausted of this people pleasing. I'm exhausted for just having lived a life that is not mine. Since your parents are the closest one and seems like being the trigger, even though from their perspective, they're doing it out of love because they want to want to make sure that you have a degree and you can provide for yourself in the future. So yeah. was it more resentful of that caused the argument or was it more that your parents were not supportive of you? I think both because um, the resentment kind of had built up because when I was at university, I was trying to talk to them about me not being happy and fulfilled. But I then continued to, to go to university because... I was depending on them to be able to pay for, for my studies and for my food. I didn't want our relationship to break up at that point. So I just said, okay, I'm just going to, I'm just going to continue to go to university. So a lot of that kind of pain and past feelings and emotions and memories were brought up into what happened. And I think it probably escalated. It was a lot of resentment kind of came up and also feeling that I you know what, like, I don't go to university anymore, so I can do what I want to do. But then 
they wanted me to get a job that had to do with my degree. It came from a place of love and I know that, but it, it was just a big misunderstanding. Or How has that thing changed? Would you still say that you have tendency to people please? Or would you say, no, this has changed a lot and this and that has helped me transform? Do you know what inner child work is? I think many of the audience have heard of the term, but in your own words, if you want to just like dive into what inner child work means to you. So to me, inner child work means a step further to shadow work. So for me, shadow work is looking at the past self um, and all the kind of limiting beliefs that you have and who you are as a person when you were little and things are holding you back and scripting and writing about your, your shadow. Inner child work is taking up deep further. So using hypnosis takes your subconscious back to often childhood all of these different emotions starts to rise up so things that came up for me that I thought this past year I had worked on a little bit more was boundary setting and people pleasing but, but mostly limiting beliefs but a lot of things came up that I still do struggle with setting boundaries because I want to please people because I want to be kind to people and I want to be there for people especially for the people that I love I normally don't really people please to people like strangers or things that I don't really know but it's always to the people that are close to me my friends and family are you having a low moment are you overthinking dealing with self-doubts you are people pleasing or you are on your journey of finding yourself and you're looking for an accountability partner a coach to turn your low moment into your pivotal moment then please shoot me a message at instagram.com slash lukewshu or write me an email at lukewshu at gmail.com. I'd love to get to know you. When you do inner child work and you are on your journey to healing, a lot of different past events or feelings or limiting beliefs and things that you thought you had worked through, it's like pulling up a plant from the dirt, like you, all of these different piece of dirt starts to come up and you start to realize oh my goodness there's still so much to do uh, because you're not only focusing on going forward you're actually also looking at what is causing you to feel like you have to change and together with therapy I guess that's what therapy is as well you're looking at the why to the past and then so you, you can then change that and move forward walk me through the the inner child work it seems like that inner child work and that shadow work like going back to the past has really helped you clean things up for you so you yes. can move forward. So I'd love to dig really deep into that child work and shadow work. I think that is holding back so many people listening as well who are just looking to move forward. Walk me through the details there, like what exercises did you do? What has helped you specifically? And how has that made a difference in your life? So um, I'm now working with a coach. One of our first sessions we did together, she had a hypnosis script. So I was laying back on my sofa and then she was talking to me. You visualize, what she's saying is you start to visualize yourself in third person going through this journey and then suddenly you meet your younger self for me when I was talking to her it was an event that happened when I was 12 years old 
and I felt like I couldn't be my authentic self because I was in my classroom, I was happy and I started laughing, just came up, coming back from lunch. The teacher told me to be quiet and she knew that I was a very quiet and always did my homework and everything. So that first time that I actually allowed myself to, to laugh a little bit, she told me off. I then went back to that memory, hugged my younger eight-year-old self in my visualization, asking myself, what did I need in that moment? What did I need the teacher to do? for me to feel good instead of telling off could have been hugging me or laughing and then continuing on with her teaching for example for that event has led me to hold back and not allow myself to take space and not allow myself to be me and be happy and laugh when I want to or express myself small situations and events in your life that actually has had quite a profound effect on you growing up and has probably led you to behave or think in a certain way because that could have led me to believe that I what I'm saying is not worthy just being told off at, at a young age when you finally feel like you can start to express yourself and, and show your true authentic self and then having someone shut that down that can really lead you to grow up to hold back and not to be scared to show who you are I love the story so much because the story basically shows that just a little unconscious behavior of your teacher can really mess someone up at that age. Yeah. yeah. And that that is the main event you will be thinking about doing hypnosis. That's like crazy. What I also realized in many childhoods and the people I speak with is whenever we get out of our comfort zone and we try to be our true self, and if we get beaten up, and beaten up could be someone making a joke about us, right? Mm -hmm. Or someone making a bad comment or whatever. We just shrink. Yeah. And we just, and it just stucks with us in a, in a way that we think being our true self, being vulnerable means getting hurt. Putting on our mask, pleasing other people is what gets us love and recognition. Mm -hmm. So we start doing more of, of playing that identity. I call it the role self rather than our true self. Yeah. And is there any way for people to go into this child work, shadow work, hypnosis themselves at home? Um, what's your experience on that? I start journaling different kind of journal prompts and questions that you then also write down. Really trying to think back to different small events that could have caused you to hold you back. Do you journal when you feel sad or you feel certain emotions and you get triggered by that habit saying, oh, I'm feeling something, I'm feeling anxious, I'm feeling sad, let's sit down and journal? Or do you have a habit where you say, I start in the morning with my journaling or before bed? Is there a habit or a pattern how you journal? Yeah, so in the mornings I do affirmations and I do gratitude. I also set an intention for the day and ask myself, what will I do today to make today great or amazing? In the evenings, I also ask myself, what are three good things that happened today? So even if I feel like there's absolutely nothing that went good today, maybe it's the, you had a good coffee. <laughs> so even that, you had a good coffee, you had a good tea. Maybe you had a really nice conversation with a friend or maybe even a stranger smiled too. So all those little things. The night before you go to bed sets you up for the morning next day. And it's yes. true. It's yes. really true. And I think everyone has bad days. And every day might not be good, but there's mm -hmm. good in every day. And just sitting down, thinking about what happened today that I can be grateful for, something that I really enjoy doing. And it just shifts your perspective into the positive. 
exactly what you said. And just going to bed with a positive mind, you get just you just wake up completely different. Yes. What seems to be very hard for people pleasers, and especially for introverts, and I count myself as well, is the idea of setting boundaries. In theory, it sounds so easy. Mm-hmm. But in reality, when you really love someone and you just say no, yeah. and you are used to say yes all the time, how do you manage it? Do you have a technique? Setting boundaries can be, you know, saying no, but it can also be that you're giving them a, a, another type of specific time to do things when it best suits you. Because I'm so used to just dropping my things, even if I'm busy doing something, and then just go and help the person that needs help. We're having a podcast right now, both of us. If your mom would call you right now, you probably say, hey, I'm having this podcast right now. I just can't. Yeah. But if you are having time with yourself, let's say you are in your room and you are available, it seems like you're not doing nothing, but actually you're journaling right now or you're doing something that is meaningful to you. And so your mom calls you, it just has a different tone. Now it feels like, oh, Jessica is just by herself. Why can't you just drop it real quick and help me real quick, right? Yeah. You don't have to argue whether this meeting is meaningful for someone who's asking for help. If I scheduled my time and I intentionally say, at 7 p.m., I want to watch Netflix. And someone is like, hey, Lou, can you help me with something at 7 p.m.? I would say, I have a meeting. Sorry, I'm busy at that time because I want to watch Netflix. And it's something that I am excited about. That's something I want to do. And that's my personal meeting. And I think that's the idea of, of setting boundaries where most people struggle with is take their time for themselves as occupied time, right? I definitely agree. What are two or three things that people could take away from your learnings? What would you tell the audience? I would definitely say talk to someone, so that's a therapist or, or a counselor if they can. Spend time journaling and get to know your inner child or like your past self so that you can understand the emotions that are coming up so that when the emotions are coming up, you can catch yourself be able to accept them and let them go and learn to respond to situations rather than react to situations as well because you have a better deeper understanding of who you are and what's going on inside and then also meditation but also gratitude work is so important I think that's been so huge for me too writing down things I'm grateful for self-compassion too they've actually done a study um about this and found that the people who are more self-compassionate are actually people that also procrastinate less they found that people that are very self-critical and hard on themselves it, it makes them to procrastinate even if it's not straight away it's long term so definitely self-compassion i used to be really hard on myself but it wasn't until I started to have more self-compassion towards myself that I was able to kind of reach different goals and be more productive and to take action and actually also just be more fulfilled. So definitely self-compassion too. What I'm understanding is that you practice self-compassion through journaling, through the idea that whenever you feel you're beating yourself up, you're having negative self-talk, that you write yes. them down ask those three questions and then really turning them around and just be nice to you exactly did you want to share the three questions again for those people who have missed it what actually happened so review the facts basically where was i who was i with what can i do to cope if i think about letting go of this thought or feeling what am i actually fearing because sometimes we can fear of letting go of something because we're scared of something else do you have an example for yourself 
what were you able to let go and what would you were you fearing when you would let go of it it could be for example that if people are reacting to you setting a boundary and you then say back that you are not respecting me or you're not taking me seriously like i i can't do this right now because you are scared that you're not going to have a voice perhaps you have come quite far with setting boundaries and then another person is interfering with you on your way to being good at setting boundaries now you might be scared that you are going to fall back into your past old behaviors of not being good at setting boundaries anymore and going back to people pleasing so basically it's the idea of i'm letting go in a way that i'm choosing to stick to my boundaries because i am fearing that if i am not sticking to my boundaries i'll become my old self yeah going deeper and try to figure out what if i let go what am i actually fearing and then is it worth letting go or should i really keep holding tight on to this boundary setting for example if those people want to look for your content where would they be able to find you i have a blog called um nevermind.blog and then also on instagram as well i post every single day there and also my stories it is at nevermindblog underscore thank you so much for having me thank you for listening if you're dealing with overthinking self-doubts or you are on your journey of finding yourself Maybe you want to improve the relationship with your family, with your parents, or improve the relationship you have with yourself, and you are looking for an accountability partner or coach to turn your low moments into your pivotal moments, then please message me and write me an email, lukewshu at gmail.com, lukewshu at gmail.com. And if you're looking for self-development tools and empowerment to find your true self, then follow me on Instagram. It's instagram.com slash Luke W. Thank you so much for listening and see you in the next episode.